Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Polyglot Podcast, a podcast dedicated to sharing the voices and stories of language learners and world travelers from all over the world. For those who are new here, my name is Claire and I'm the host of this podcast show. Today, we have a very special guest with us who will be sharing about the Hungarian language and culture. So if you're interested in learning more about this fascinating and yet complex language and how there are actually two different words for the word red, then make sure to tune in to hear about more fascinating and quirky aspects about this amazing language. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another podcast episode. Today, we have a very special guest with us. So can you please first introduce yourself, where you're from, your background, and what languages you speak? Hi. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Sylvia, everyone calls me Sisi. I'm from Hungary. I'm 100% Hungarian. I was born and raised and I've, I lived my whole life in Budapest, Budapest, the capital city of Hungary. And I'm a Hungarian as a foreign language teacher. I graduated you know, five years ago and I've been teaching since then. And three years ago, I started my own business and I teach foreigners Hungarian and I, I make, I create materials for them for learning podcasts and videos and I'm active on social media too. All right, great. Yeah. And I'll make sure to link your social media information down in the description of Thank this you. episode. So yeah, for any of the audience who wants to check her out. So I'm incredibly excited to delve into more about the Hungarian language and culture today. So let's just first start off with the Hungarian language. Can you provide us with an overview of the language and like its pronunciation, grammatical structure, things like that? Yeah. So let's start then with maybe the grammatical structure. Yeah, sure. I think that's really interesting and, and super exciting because, for example, the word order is very flexible because in English, we know it's SVO, so like subject, verb, object. Mm-hmm. And in Hungarian, Everything depends on what you want to say. So what you want to put the emphasis on, you put important information, how we call it, before the verb. And yeah, it just depends on what you want to emphasize, basically. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's, there's the word order, sometimes it's flexible. So it's just hard to, hard to tell. It depends on what you want to say and it depends on the context. It's also an language so there are fixes mainly suffixes that change the grammatical function of the words and we attach these suffixes to the end of the words based on vowel harmony which is also very interesting I think I know they have the same in Turkish I'm not sure about every other language but let me tell you an example for people who don't know what is vowel harmony just a very simple Example is, let's see, in the house in English. So let's see, in this would be ban or ben in Hungarian. And house is has. So it's going to be has bon. You cannot say has been because of the vowel harmony. Mm. There are these vowels that determines if it's going to be bon or ben. Oh, that's really interesting. So I guess yeah. with each word then it can be pronounced in different ways depending on like what it's attached to yeah there are two groups there are the we call them front vowels and back vowels and depending on which group 
the given word belongs to, that's how you choose the ending. Oh, wow. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's and like a little puzzle the, at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Does it get confusing sometimes? Mm, no, I think this rule is like really obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, there are a few words where it can be both, but really just a few, like, I don't know, five or 10 that you would use in an everyday basis. Yeah. So it's, this is a rule that actually really works and also about the grammatical structure about the subject verb verb kind of order can you give an example of how that kind of works in hungarian yeah so for example let me think of something simple to present this Mm, if i say okay let's let's have this example that I go to the movies or I go to the cinema in Hungarian. No, let, let's have another one. Sorry. Let's say I just want to add more information so that the example is more clear. Yeah. Let's say that I go to the movies on Wednesday. And if, I don't know, if someone asks you or you want to emphasize that you're going on Wednesday, then you start the sentence with on Wednesday, I'm going to the cinema. Oh, okay. So it depends on the context, what you want to say. So if there's, for example, a, a conversation when someone's not sure, when are you going? Then you say, on Wednesday, I'm going. Uh, that's, yeah. yeah, yeah. Something like this. Yeah, a little bit more complicated, but that's the main <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, I see. Yeah, and so also about the Hungarian alphabet, from what I've read, there's a lot of letters right so can you maybe introduce mm-hmm. also the alphabet as well yeah of course we have 44 letters which oh, wow. is a lot compared <laughs> lot. to if i know it well it's it's 26 yeah. in english right yeah yeah so double basically almost and we have 14 vowels oh wow <laughs> it's also a lot compared to five in english yeah we have a lot of vowels with accents And we have some very interesting consonants too, Mm, like double consonants. For example, CS, that counts as one letter in the Hungarian alphabet and is pronounced as CH, like Mm. CH in in English, like if I say, I don't know, CHET or yeah, and something like that. And we have more of those like TY, that's CH. Uh, that's that counts as one letter too in the alphabet one sound oh wow so does that make words kind of really long since there are so many letters and some are like combined like the two examples that you provided yeah I think so a lot of people say that Hungarian words are super long especially with because if agglutinative so if you add endings and sometimes it's multiple endings then then it's it can be super long yes especially if you compare it to English for example then it's just way longer than saying uh, yeah sorry I, I got lost in what I wanted to say yeah no, but yeah they're long <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely the Hungarian language has so many different aspects about it and definitely sounds like a kind of complex language to learn really <laughs> yeah I think it's just not similar to anything basically and so to clarify is the official name of the language 
Magyar or Hungarian? Yeah, it's in Hungarian, it's Magyar. <laughs> so that's the official name for us, but it comes from a, a word. I, I don't know if I'm going to say this well, but it's it comes from a name of a Turkic tribe, Onogur, and it means 10 tribes. So, yeah, and um, you know how Hungary is surrounded by Slav countries? Mm-hmm. And for example, they refer to us something really similar to as well. Or I don't know, in Poland, for example, it's so it's like really similar to to this. It it comes from that. Okay, I see. So in Hungary in Hungary, you would be hearing people refer to language more as sorry, I can't pronounce this right, but like Mag Magar? Magyar. Yeah, Magyar. Yeah. Yeah, for us, okay. that's the official Magyar. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, yeah, that's interesting. And also while I was doing some brief research, I came across like this thing about the word red. So apparently there are two words for it. Can you maybe explain more about that? Yeah, we have two words for red. One is pirosh and the other one is vörös. And it, mm, I would say it depends on the context, which one you want to use. There are some explanations. For example, vörös is more, it's used mainly for things that has connection with nature. For example, the fur of the fox, that would be vörös or wine. Or if someone's hair is red, then we would never call that pirosh. That's vörös for sure. But sometimes they're interchangeable. If it's, I don't know, a rose, for example, mm-hmm. you could use either. It depends on your personal preference, I think. And there's another explanation that we usually say that varosh is used for it's like a deeper version of red i would say and pirosh is more like the like the traffic light red that kind of red and another interesting thing about this is that for example things that are connected with the communist era like words like i don't know like the Red Star or Red Army or the Red Flag, these words would be always with Vörösh, never Pirosh. Oh, okay, I see. And so the red jacket that you're wearing right now, would that be for the word that isn't with like the natural one? Um, like which which one, I guess? Would <laughs> this would be Pirosh, like, okay. like the traffic light. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because <laughs> it's not it's not that dark. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Do you know why it's like specifically for red, or does this also apply to all the other colors too? No, it's we only have these two different words for red. This color, Varush. That one actually comes from. Let me check. What was this word? Yeah, sorry. So Varush, Varush, actually comes from a. It's a, it has a Finno-Greek origin and it comes from the word ver. Ver, it's a Hungarian word. It means blood. So mm-hmm. that was first. And piros, that's, that's a newer word in, in our vocabulary. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think Vörös, yeah. Sorry. I think Vörös is more poetic too. So if you read poems, for example, mm-hmm. I don't think, especially older ones, you would rather find Vörös than Pirosh. Hmm. Okay, yeah. 
found that really interesting how it's just one color that has like these two words but yeah, yeah. kind of cool how there's different like ways that you attach the color onto different objects whether it's like natural or like artificial or in writing like you kind of mentioned earlier mm-hmm. yeah so speaking of like these types of words do you have any favorite Hungarian words phrases phrases or idioms the first one that came to my mind was it's really hard to explain because it just doesn't exist in any language it's one word bezzeg and there's a whole cultural mindset everything behind this one word I think it's super funny a little bit negative like it's a stereotype about Hungarians how we're so negative and pessimistic about everything (laughs) so bezzeg what does it mean let me find an example for example you have a I don't know you have two sons Mm-hmm. One of them is Peter, one of them is Tom, and Tom brings home a better grade from school than Peter, and their mom is going to say something like, look at Peter, and then in Hungarian, it would be with this word, bezdeg, bezdeg Peter, like, and there's everything in it, like, he's doing so much better, look at him, you should do <laughs> this well like him something like that you can use this in a lot of lot of situations if you are I don't know envious for example that one of your friends have something better than you like I don't have this and look at that guy he has it and I don't have it something like that <laughs> I don't know if it makes sense how I explained it if yeah, you don't yeah. know what it means yeah no some words in other languages are just hard to describe and I guess other ones because like there's just some other meaning to it I guess that's unexplainable in other languages yeah but I bet for moms that's like a very useful package because you have one <laughs> word that like packages all of it together yeah it's not so I don't I think it's too healthy to use this word actually but it exists and and yeah it, I think now that I think of it to me it's it it's funny yeah yeah and so since we kind of touched about that let's delve into the Hungarian culture so can you introduce us to the Hungarian culture what are some of like yeah the family customs there and traditions festivals foods things like that Mm -hmm. maybe let's start with food then yeah we use a lot of red pepper onions and sour cream the basis of a lot of traditional Hungarian food is onions with red pepper like I think everyone who who knows anything about Hungary this is going to be one thing they know about it that what is perkot which is a stew and goulash which which is a goulash soup that's a soup and yeah we we love sour cream I think that's something you'll find in this fridge in Hungary along with garlic and we eat a lot of meat and and bread that's true as well there's a saying that hungarians eat meat with meat <laughs> yeah which is also true not about me personally but it's just in general you know and i don't know about family costumes one thing that came to my mind which is not celebrated in every country but it's celebrated in a lot of countries is name days that for us it's like like smaller birthday and it's just something that everyone knows that you're not going to get such big presents 
but you're going to get something like flowers or chocolate. You might get a cake too, depends, but it's a little celebration and, and we take it seriously. I think my friends always message me saying happy name day and my family too. And it, you just have to check the calendar, which day is your name's day. And it's going to tell you sometimes there are more days than you can choose one and then the whole family and your friends just accepted that, okay, this is the chosen day for your name. Oh, that's so cool. Actually speaking on about, about names, how do like names work in Hungarian? And I also, I'm not sure if this is accurate or not, but is there like an official list of names that you're allowed to choose from when you name your child? Is that a thing for? Yes, actually there's a list of names and you cannot just name your child anything you want. Oh, wow. If it's not on the list, then, oh. then you, you can't. I oh I read something about this not so long ago I'm not so sure I think you can ask like to get a permit for it but it's not sure that they're gonna accept it you know I think I read it somewhere that it's you know really hard for couples where for example I don't know the husband is American wife is Hungarian and they have a child and they want to have an inter international name, but the child was born in Hungary and they want to name the child Jennifer, for example. And everything that starts with like this J, like Jennifer, I don't know, jacket, jungle, words like these. Mm -hmm. We we have a, I don't even know if it's a double consonant or a triple, it's DZS. That's how we would write it. Wow. <laughs> it's not J-E with Jennifer, it would be D-Z-S-E and, and that's the same after. Hmm. and that's something not so international so it could be hard for that family if they decide to move to the U.S. later on for example oh that's so interesting I guess that would make the names day make more sense because I was wondering like how are you supposed to have all of the names like on a given day but if you already have like I guess a set amount of names you can have then it would make it easier to assign dates to them yeah but you cannot name your child anything too crazy I think and mm -hmm. also the the order mm -hmm. of the first name and last name is, is is the other way around so oh we say that what is that the fam sorry I get so confused all the time <laughs> family name is first yeah and then first name <laughs> comes second <laughs> Oh, <laughs> wow. So my name is yeah. okay, Silvia, not Silvia Pop in Hungarian. Okay, so Silvia, like your supposed like last name, but it's like placed first, or is that like your actual first name? <laughs> yeah, Silvia is, is like, is, is, uh, is my first name in English. Oh, okay. But that, that the order is different in Hungarian. So family mm -hmm. name comes first. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> Always. And it's just super confusing for me because I live in the U.S. Uh -huh. And on official papers, they ask for family name first. Right. And I already, I'm already confused because I should put my first name first. <laughs> but then it changes in official papers and it's like in Hungary. Yeah, I bet that would be really confusing. Mm -hmm. You know how in English we, or like at least in like America, we call teachers like mrs jones like because that's mm. your last name so how does that work in hungary do you guys do something like that Ooh, in school not like this but oh my god this is a little bit harder to explain than i thought so <laughs> for example in school mm, 
you take the first name of mm -hmm. the teacher. It could be a nickname too, depends on the teacher. Like, let's say, let's find a more international one. If, if a teacher's name is Anna, it would be Anna Neni. And Neni means, I would translate it to old lady, <laughs> but it's, it sounds cuter than that. <laughs> and the little kids would call their teachers like that. I think till the age of, I think like in elementary school, in high school, we don't do that anymore. We just call them Tanarnu uh, or Tanarur, which means like, I don't know, Miss Teacher or Mr. Teacher. <laughs> just something like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. But yeah. we call them like this, that first name plus Nani or Bachi for, for men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool how names can differ so much from like country to country. I think it's really cool how Hungary does their names too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I guess going back to our original question, can we also talk about some different traditions and festivals? And also for anyone who wants to go to Hungary, what are some landmarks or destinations you'd suggest that they visit? Yeah, sure. So I was thinking of interesting traditions that could be different than in other countries and one of them is oh my god very cruel one it's a pig slaughter mm. but it's a tradition i know not only in hungary but it's still something that that's very popular in the countryside of course not in the middle of a capital city <laughs> but we, we still have that and a lot of my friends go each year for example and they just get up at six in the morning and start killing a pig and then they make sausage and they drink a lot of palinka which is like a hungarian a traditional what is that how do you call a shot like a spirit yeah or, yeah. yeah and they just eat the pig's blood on bread while drinking having fun making sausage i never participated uh, i don't think it's something for me but it's something traditional mm -hmm. let's continue with a nicer one which is an easter tradition and this tradition is about that on easter monday boys or men go door by door, by door house by house and they sprinkle uh, girls and women with the water or nowadays rather with cologne and and they get something in exchange back then it was a painted eggs and now it's usually money or chocolate or food drinks stuff like that so it's like a fun thing i think only for boys because they get the fun part yeah. but when you meet meet with your friends and girls out together and you're preparing stuff you're cooking and painting eggs then it's fun too when you have your group of friends and you're waiting for the boys and you're a teenager, you know, then it can be exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think th these are the two ones that came to my mind that are super traditional and could be something different or exciting for others to, to hear about. And what else? Famous landmarks, right? Mm -hmm. So, well, the... My favorite place on earth is Budapest, my hometown. Mm -hmm. And it's really beautiful. 
you just have to walk in downtown and you're going to see everything you see. It's, it's going to be amazing. I think what's really worth, where it's really worth to take a walk is by the Danube. Because the Danube divides the city into two parts. And actually, back then it was two different cities, Pest and Buda. And it was united and it's Budapest now. It's one city now. And there are so many beautiful bridges and you can walk across them. You can go from the Pest side to the Buddha side, where there are more places to hike, for example. And some little hills. I'm always scared to say hills or mountains because everyone's yelling me that there are no mountains in Hungary because they're very small. They're not too high, I know, but <laughs> they're mountains for us, you know. Mm -hmm. that, that's all we have. <laughs> and uh, it's still beautiful. There's also a lake we're super proud of, and we refer to it as the Hungarian Sea, because we don't have a sea anymore. We had it in, in the past, but now we have Balaton, and that's beautiful too, and it's, it's worth going there by train or by car. And there's an amazing bike ride you can take around the lake. It's, it's beautiful with the mountains around it. Mm. Also, Hungary is really famous for its wine regions. So if you could, uh, there are so many, wherever you go, I'm pretty sure you're going to find wine tasting, which is also amazing. And thermal baths, there are so many spas everywhere in Budapest too, but all across Hungary, everywhere. Mm. And one more thing, um, which is part of the uh, UNESCO is a national park in Hortobágy, and it's uh, the largest semi-natural grassland in Europe. It's just a big plain. I know it doesn't sound too interesting, but I've been there and it's just something different. It's amazing. I've never felt so close to nature anywhere than there. There's like a bird hospital there too, where you can go and see how rescued birds are taken care of and it's it's a really interesting and and be beautiful too yeah I'm like 100% a nature person so uh, yeah thank you so much for all these like great recommendations I mean yeah I bet we, these are like really stunning and beautiful landscapes much better than at least what I have here <laughs> in like the big city yeah so Thank you so much for sharing all about the Hungarian culture. And to wrap up our conversation for anyone who's leaving this conversation wanting to learn Hungarian, what would you suggest are some resources for them to turn to? And for others, like why, what are some reasons that you would suggest for them to dip their toes into Hungarian, knowing that it's also quite a complex and hard language to learn? As well? That's a really good question. I think the... Number one reason why people choose Hungarian, if it's not because of family or work, mm -hmm. it's because it's a huge challenge and it's super mm -hmm. exciting. Also, it's a lot of fun. I know it can be hard at the beginning, but once you know some basics, it's really like a puzzle and it's just, it's fun to put words together and create something. And a lot of people enjoy that. And yeah, it's just putting these words together is so much fun. And as for beginners, what I can recommend is Magyarok. That's the, that actually means Hungarians in Hungarian. Mm -hmm. And that's the title of a textbook. And they have a website, com, 
and they have a lot of material that you can use online, a lot of explanations in different languages, not just in English. So this, if this is something how, if you like textbooks and you like this structure, then this is what I would recommend to start with, along with finding a private teacher or a, mm -hmm. a course, because I think at the beginning that that really helps if you don't know anything yet about Hungarian. But if you like to learn on your own, then as I mentioned already, I make podcasts and on different levels. So for beginners, intermediate and advanced too, and transcripts are available. So I think, I don't know about you, but this is basically my favorite method for learning languages. This is how I learned Spanish too and Polish. And it's just really good to listen to authentic um, Hungarian the, the way people actually speak and have the written script too based on your level so this is something I can help you with if you're interested right yeah yeah for sure again I'll be linking your Instagram everything so yeah definitely a great resource there and I think that's all the questions on my part um, so thank you so much again for speaking with me, introducing us to the Hungarian language, the names and everything, the culture. It's all been really fascinating to learn about. So thank you so much again. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and learned something new. Please stay tuned for future episodes as well. And if you would like to be a guest on my podcast show, feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram at Claire's Languages. Thank you.